0: Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, Rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own Rookie Rundown. It is great to be back with you all here on a normally scheduled full-length episode. None of those five-minute quick hitters, albeit this one will be also a little bit of a quicker episode in the 20 to 30-minute range, but it is one that everyone always enjoys here on the DWZ Podcast Network. It's none other than mine, Salad Galores. That's right, Rookie Report Cards. It's episode one of the Rookie Report Cards for 2023. And after the first quarter of the season, it is time to take a look at these rookies the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends, all of them that you are interested in, I'm here to give you the DL. If you can't watch every game, if you can't follow all these rookies from all your different fantasy teams, this is the episode for you. I'm going to give you quick hitters on each individual prospect of note that has seen actual play. There's quite a few guys from this rookie class that have either been injured and or have not seen a lot of playtime here with their NFL teams respectively that I won't be touching. On, but it's just kind of time to dive in. We're going to give you the classic A, B, C, D, E. Just kidding. No, E, A, B, C, D, F grading scale here with the prospects. And I'll give you a little bit of reasons, basically a reason why and a reason to either be optimistic or not be optimistic. A little bit of pessimism isn't always a bad thing, keeping you grounded here. Um, But let's just dive into the quarterback positions. We're going to go based off of how and when these all players were drafted. So the first quarterback off the board is none other than Mr. Bryce Young with the Carolina Panthers. On the year through the first four weeks, I gave Bryce Young a B right now. His supporting cast compared to the other rookie quarterbacks is pretty much the worst. There's not really a question mark about that. There's a lot of question marks at the wide receiver position. The tight end is an aging Hayden Hurst. And the offensive line, which was supposed to be kind of middle of the road, has been letting the team down quite a bit. Um, I will say Bryce Young has dealt with a lot of turnover issues, and a lot of them are just rookie hiccups and rookie mistakes. But it's kind of the classic trope of a little bit of difficulty here with the quarterback without a lot of true tried and true and trusted weapons here to prove progress as far as you may want them to. So it's a wait and see. I expect this grade to be a little bit different come week eight when I touch back at the midway point of the season. But as of right now, he's a solid B. He's doing pretty much what I anticipated him doing. I didn't expect a lot of huge flashes from this guy coming into this year with this supporting cast, but I'm here and ready to be kind of surprised. Durability is not really an issue. He has missed one game is what I'd say in the first four weeks, which isn't great, but he does have the same traits popping up in his game that kept us all drafting him early in super flex drafts. Second quarterback a note is none other than CJ Stroud, and he is the surprise to most, but not to me, because if you paid attention to my content, you would have known he was my favorite quarterback in this rookie class on an abysmal supporting cast down in Houston. He is making that team soar right now. Houston is beating all expectations. The passing game is electric down there in Houston, and CJ Stroud is a large portion of it. There are some young, exciting weapons that are unproven down there. Tank Dell has been popping, seen a little bit of Xavier Hutchinson. Robert Woods seems to have revitalized a little bit of his career, but really that team is just fun. It reminds me a lot of the physicality that we see in Detroit underneath Dan Campbell. And D'Amico Ryan's is doing pretty much the exact same Thing down in Texas. Very excited for what Stroud has done and what he's going to continue to be. If you got him cheap, which was around that 104 to 105 range, a lot of times in Superflex due to people being concerned about him, you're feeling pretty good right now third quarterback on the list is none other than anthony richardson mr very inaccurate he's doing exactly what i expected him to be doing um the passing aspect is still bad um the rushing aspect is still good still sitting at like 50 percent completion but the main difference right now that we're seeing in this offense is that they can't really run the ball super effectively outside of richardson so they're forcing him to throw more than I thought that they would be doing. He's averaging just a hair under 30 attempts per game, which is pretty impressive for a rookie that's supposed to be a rusher. Um, He's sitting at a solid B right now, meeting expectations, not exceeding them in the same boat as Bryce Young. I expect to have a different grade one way or the other at the midway season point, but right now pretty much status quo. Other than that, there's only one other quarterback that we have notes on and that's Mr. Aiden O'Connell after Week three, uh, dealing with the Jimmy G injury. Aiden O'Connell was actually named the starter for week four. Uh, His pocket pocket presence was pretty freaking bad, is what I'd say in this game. None of that preseason glory that he was dealing with for the Raiders in the preseason where he looked pretty much perfect. Um, Instead, we got an Aiden O'Connell that could not feel pressure and turned the ball over four times. Three fumbles, one interception. The interception was not his fault, but the fumbles most definitely were. I expect him to be a little bit better if Jimmy G misses out against a little bit easier of an opponent as opposed to the Los Angeles Chargers, a divisional team that knows the Raiders well, but not super optimistic on Aidan O'Connell this year. Um, The team's just not very good around him. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, and the defense still can't stop anyone. Going on to the next position, we will be touching base on the running back position here in Fantasy, as is usually the case. It is the most exciting for most of you involved in Dynasty Leagues, and the prospect above all else is Bijan Robinson. Still not getting a huge workload, still splitting the carries primarily with Mr. Tyler Algier, the second-year man from BYU. But Bijan has done exactly what we expected. Solid A, absolutely blowing the averages out of the water. Still looks absolutely electric, and you expect him to get an uptick in value as his touches increase throughout the year. But as long as he's splitting, still solid, still producing for your fantasy teams, even as a completely rotational back right now. The second running back taken in the NFL draft was Jameer Gibbs in Detroit. He's sitting in a solid B. Um, David Montgomery is going to be a really big issue for Jameer Gibbs when it comes to his long-term value. Um, It's just a lightning and thunder type of aspect. It's the old trope that we used to see with Seattle. We've seen it with New Orleans. We see it with Detroit. It's what Detroit wants to do underneath Dan Campbell, and the touchdown upside just is not there for this running back. So when I'm looking at him, electric still looks explosive, but he can't grind it out quite the same way. His passing chops have not been quite as good as what we would expect from a running back that is this electric and was supposed to be used in the passing game and that much, but still anticipating success. Solid B, no complaints from Jameer Gibbs. You're just getting exactly what you should have expected from the back when you drafted him. Third running back off the board was none other than Zach Charbonnet to the Seattle Seahawks. He's sitting at a D he's not getting a lot of work. And Kenneth Walker basically said, Oh, you want to draft a guy that's going to steal some touches from me? Hold my beer. Um, he's been dominant with the touches. Zach Charbonnet really can't see the field and his pass blocking is still a little bit suspect right now for some reason, which is kind of surprising as that was a strong suit in college for him. So Kenneth Walker has locked that backfield down unless there's another injury to Mr. Walker. Charbonnet shouldn't see a large amount of snap increase over the next couple of weeks. Don't expect much shift in his game in in his overall ranking come week eight unless a serious injury to Walker occurs. Next running back is Mr. Kendra Miller out of New Orleans. He's sitting at a D as well for me. He cannot see the field above Tony Jones for some reason right now, and it's causing an issue. Um, Alvin Kamara is coming back. It's not like his snap load is going to increase now that Alvin Kamara is back. So we all are kind of seeing how this is going to pan out. Jamal Williams is in there as the RB2. Alvin Kamara will be the RB1. Tony Jones will spell on past spank passing downs and Kendra Miller is an afterthought until we look at 2024. For me, don't anticipate much fluctuation in his grade come midseason, unless multiple injuries or another suspension pops up. Not really excited for what I've seen from Mr. Kendra Miller, the running back out of Tennessee and Ty J. Spears has been the bright spot for a lot of teams here thus far. He's been basically evenly splitting carries with Derek Henry in Tennessee. And that's why I have to give him an a he's taken The pieces of the pie from King Henry, which is not what we expected this year. We expected him to be a long-term play into 2024, but he's showing why they felt comfortable drafting him in the third and why he is so electric on the field. He's seeing all the pass down work. I anticipate a lot of that continuing going forward, and I'm very excited to see what he can do in this offense going forward. Um, big ups for Mr. Ty J Spears, the other running back that is super electric and who I also have an A grade on the only three A's then being this, um, B John Robinson, Ty J Spears is Devin, a chain, um, dealt with injuries early on in his career. That's the biggest hiccup that I still have with him as a prospect is looking at how fragile and frail he is ultimately but his speed is real on this Miami team. They are going to use him exactly how he needs to be used. And he's just met expectations. He's exceeded some of my expectations and I'm very happy with what he is. I don't own any shares of him across the board just because I don't draft smaller running backs, but it's very intriguing and should be exciting for times in years to come pending injury. Also now seeing a pumpkin spice frosty. That looks interesting. Okay. Uh, big, kind of mediocre ups is what I would say for this running back and that is none other than Mr. Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby right now is not seeing the work that he needs to be seeing. Um There's a lot of questions with this offense right now in Jacksonville, which is not what a lot of us thought was going to be the case coming into this year. There's a lot of spreading the wealth, but Tank Bigsby put himself in the doghouse very early week one, had some success, but now has had some fumbling and turnover issues in the first two games. It's continued, and it kind of put him in Doug Peterson's doghouse. He hasn't seen as much work over the last two seasons. I expect it to get a little bit better. I'm hoping it will get a little bit better going forward, but as of right now, just to see, Underwhelming, not over exceeding expectations, not really meeting them either. Just middle of the road for a guy like Tank Bixby. A running back that I'm optimistic will continue to get more work, but I'm not optimistic that he's going to get past a 50 50 split with his backfield mate is Roshan Johnson in Chicago. Uh, Pending an injury, Khalil Herbert's still the guy. He still looks like the best running back. Electric, very, very good. And he's been breaking tackles a lot more than he was last year and the year prior. Going into year three, looking at that potential extension coming up, he shouldn't cost a lot of money, but he's kind of vital to the Chicago Bears offense right now, which is something that's pretty hard to say about a lot of people on this offense. It's basically just him. DJ Moore and Justin Fields are the only contributors that can do things consistently. Outside of those three, it's a question mark. Roshan is filling in nicely. Um, He's a solid B. He's kind of meeting my expectations, but I'm not super optimistic for an increased workload unless there's an injury, as I said. A couple of guys that are in the F slash I don't know yet. Um, First F would be Zach Evans and Eric Gray. Um, Both of them basically are just fourth fifth sixth on their depth chart at the running back position not seeing any work evan hall got injured he's a d he wasn't looking very good beforehand chase brown Can't see any work over Chris Evans or uh, Jakavian Williams, I believe is his other name. And then a big question mark for Israel Abedekanda. That team's in big flux there in the New York Jets stratosphere after Aaron Rodgers went down. They also still have Brees Hall, who looks good. Dalvin Cook, who's stealing a lot of the touches that Israel Abedekanda probably should be getting. And then you have a guy like Deuce Vaughn down in Dallas who's sitting right at see. He's getting some work, but pretty much nothing that is great is what I would say his workload is being shared between about four different backs which we kind of should have expected behind Tony Pollard at this point but Tony Pollard has been balling so much that the rest doesn't matter very much the pie is pretty small for everyone else and unless there's an injury to Pollard Deuce Vaughn is pretty much capped where he's at all the other running backs basically have not seen any work Dwayne McBride was cut little uh eh, sorry little Nichols in green bay was cut kenny mcintosh is on ir um just a lot of question marks at the running back position behind those five to six guys that i mentioned the position with the most intriguing and in fluctuation to it as of right now is probably the wide receiver position to be honest with you um jackson smith and jigba first wide receiver off the board he's hitting at A B, And it was a borderline C for me, to be honest with you. Uh, A lot of question marks as to what was going to happen with this workload. He's kind of doing what I anticipated, though, in the capacity that... He, he's getting what he can is what I would say. There's a lot of mouths to feed DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett rightfully so are ahead of him on the depth chart. And he was always going to be a 2024 move as of right now. That's still what it looks like. Could that change with an injury going forward potentially, but there's a lot of success rolling out of that passing game and that rushing game for Seattle this year, even with what I just saw as a Geno Smith injury, drew lock seems to be moving things pretty well right now. He's doing just status quo. That's what you're going to notice with a couple of these early guys. It's the later drafted wide receivers that have been popping, as I'm sure all of you know. The second wide receiver drafted is probably the most disappointing out of the whole lot thus far, and it's none other than Quentin Johnston in L.A. With the Chargers, he's seen the seventh most snaps from the wide receiver position on the year thus far. There is a big Mike Williams injury that should see an uptick going forward, but right now, no justification to put him over a D. He hasn't looked good. He hasn't been catching the balls when targeted, and there's just a lot of question marks as to whether or not Quentin Johnston can become what we were all hoping to. As of right now, it's kind of an incomplete grade, but based off of what he should be getting with the need for speed and snaps on this team, a solid, solid D as in dog. Uh, Two guys that have been doing exactly what we anticipated them doing, but it's not quite good enough for A status, is Mr. Zay Flowers in Baltimore and Mr. Jordan Addison in Minnesota. There is a capped passing offense to both of these guys one due to Lamar not throwing the ball quite as much as we all wish he would because he's so electric on the ground and the team just likes to pound the rock, and the second being Kirk Cousins' inability to have a clean sheet and not throw erratic passes. These guys are capped by their quarterbacks right now, and I anticipate that continuing, especially due to the fact that they are not their number one targets on their teams. If they were to become the number one targets, I'd be a lot more optimistic. But as of right now, they're doing, as I said, exactly what I anticipated, Bs for both of the boys. A guy that has also been very not good thus far with what he's been given is Jonathan Mingo in Carolina. I kind of touched on this a little bit when I was discussing Bryce Young in Carolina, but the passing game just isn't quite what we were hoping for in Carolina. The offensive line is to be, you know, to be desired Uh, we're not quite getting what we're wanting from that offensive line and it's led to a lot of big old goose eggs for jonathan mingo two guys that are kind of underwhelming with the snaps that are currently getting is Jaden reed in green bay and rasheed rice in kansas city both of them for the exact same reasons and that reason is they keep dropping the ball both of them are currently two and three in the rookie class and dropped passes um that should have been completions from the quarterbacks that are you know pretty good. Jordan Loves looks solid and we already know what Patrick Mahomes is. So with these question marks currently coming in for these two wide receivers unless they start to increase their ability to catch the ball specifically the open passes to them, we're going to be discussing the D territory of concern. Coming into the midway point of the season for the second report card episode, a guy that's been blowing up, but for some reason can't get more work because Sean Payton might be worse than Nathaniel Hackett. I said it, folks. Uh, you're gonna take your shots on a guy, make sure that you back it up immediately, and if you can't, then you should probably apologize. Um, Marvin Mips balling out in Denver, Russell Wilson likes to throw the ball deep. He's got one of the prettiest deep balls in the entire league. And this is the guy that can do it. He's completely waxing a guy like Jalen Hyatt, who's in the D category for me and was drafted right around that same range. A lot of question marks in New York, specifically in that offense. But Marvin Mims has been a nice and pleasant surprise. He's exceeded my expectations. I expected him to be okay, but The current makeup of that Broncos team has him in a lot of shootouts, and he's very good at separating deep, so it's pretty interesting to see how this is going to pan out. I anticipate him going down to probably the B category at the midway season point, but as of right now, he's been pretty successful on the deep ball. The guy who I've been most surprised with, with his ability to gain as much target share as possible, is matched up with a quarterback that I was very happy to see succeed in CJ Stroud. And that's none other than tank Dell down in Houston. Um, He is pretty much their wide receiver one right now. And it's for good case him and Nico Collins create the perfect pairing of wide receiver options for that Houston Texans team. And it's been very exciting to watch it happen. Very explosive, very good route runner, all the things we anticipated him doing, he's continuing to do. So it's a solid a for Mr. Tank Dell. The last A on my list and the last one that is not in the D or F category over the next 20 wide receivers is actually Puka Nakua. This should be no shock to anyone. I'm not going to beat this with a dead horse uh, or beat the dead horse on this one. We all know what Puka has been. He has been a breath of fresh air both for the Rams and for fantasy teams alike. Um, The one name I do want to point out as kind of surprising for me is Dontavian Wicks in Green Bay. He's been a pretty steady and consistent touchdown performer for the Green Bay Packers. And if that continues, we need to start taking note of it, especially if it continues with the re-emergence of Christian Watson. Watson didn't look great in his return to action after the hamstring injury this last week. Um, Wick's still seeing a solid 20... It's Basically a, a, a hair under 20% target share on the season. So that's just a name to pay attention to is Dontavian Wicks at a green bay. And then other than that, one guy that I'm very excited to see now with the injury to Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco is Ronnie Bell. If you're in deep, deep, deep leagues and Ronnie Bell was not drafted in your leagues, I would strongly consider picking him up on the waiver wires. This is kind of my deep shot take and deep take for you guys. I see some success coming in. He looked amazing in the preseason, and he can translate exactly into the Brandon Ayuk role that we all need in that Purdy offense. Going on to the last position, we're going to talk about the tight ends. There's basically five of note that we're going to touch on, and they were the first five drafted. Those are the only five guys that have really been seeing any type of work consistently outside of Darnell Washington, who now will be the tight end one on this team for Pittsburgh with the Pat Fryermuth injury over the next couple weeks. But the first guy on the list is a guy that's been underperforming in Dalton Contain and Buffalo um Dalton Kincaid as of right now is not being used I think how a lot of us would like him to be used which would lead me to the question of is this an offensive scheme fit is this a coach hiding him for later type of thing we're not really sure right now but he's not blowing anything out of the water his uh, advanced metrics for yards per route run that type of thing is way lower than some of the other guys below him his average depth of target is right around three yards um, you just want to see those numbers quite a bit higher for a fantasy-relevant tight end. One extremely fantasy-relevant tight end who is not sitting in the C category is Sam Laporta. That is with the Detroit Lions, and he is solidly an A. He is currently tight end four on the year right now through four weeks, and I see this continuing Um, Dan Campbell likes his tight ends. They like TJ Hawkinson and Sam Laporta has stepped in and is doing everything that TJ Hawkinson was doing for this Detroit lions team. And under Ben Johnson, it's an exciting offense. So I see a lot more success for Sam Laporta going forward. A fun little Iowa Hawkeye, once again, just succeeding the fact that Iowa is tight end you a guy that's been extremely underwhelming and borderline scary right now is Michael Mayer, he cannot beat Austin Hooper out on this, Las Vegas Raiders team that is screaming for more targets with a Jacoby Myers injury. Very questionable, very concerning. Probably just going to end up being a rotational tight end that we talk about in the next couple of years as a post-hype sleeper. But as of right now, a little bit concerned with Michael Mayer. Going to need to see a lot of uptick in snap share and in target share in order for me to get interested and give him a higher grade come midseason. Until that point, solidly a D. Wide receiver that is also, sorry, not wide receiver, should call him a wide receiver, but a tight end that is also in the A category for me is Luke Musgrave in Green Bay. His advanced target metrics is pretty nuts. Um, Sam LaPorta has more targets, obviously, than a guy like Musgrave, but Musgrave has been targeted in an average of, I think it's like 13.7, if I hold on, let me, yeah, 13.7 yards as an A dot on the year such far, which is pretty nuts for a guy who, Still is having some catching issues. Um, Not a natural hands catcher, but he's getting the targets and he's getting peppered by a quarterback that trusts him already. So if you're looking for a cheap acquisition for a tight end that'll probably succeed quite a bit more than he has thus far on the season down the stretch, Musgrave is probably your guy. And then the last player I'll touch on here is a guy that I didn't expect to have a huge role based off of what they were saying in the preseason, but I am shocked at the complete lack of usage. And that's Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan state. Now with the Dallas Cowboys, they really haven't had to rely on a large passing game. Their defense has basically been just coasting them to wins thus far in the season, but Dallas does have a need for more targets. It's definitely an issue for him not to be seeing more work, and unless they start to incorporate more 12 personnel, I don't see it increasing. He's sitting at a D right now, and I don't see a large target or stock upgrade increase at the midway point short of an injury to Mr. Jake Ferguson. Well, guys, like I said, it was going to be kind of a quick hitter today, right around the 25-minute mark, but I wanted to give you the quick snap grades as to where I'm sitting on the most prominent rookies. For those that were keeping track, that was 33 rookies in total that I touched on here today. Um, A lot of names, a lot of fun guys to talk about, and a lot of intrigue going forward into the midway point of the season. The next four weeks are usually the most telling of fantasy seasons as to whether or not you're going to be able to trust these rookies going forward. It was in this stretch typically that we got that Christian Watson breakout last year that we typically see some of these tight ends start to lock in, and these injuries to the running backs really help out some of these rookie running backs. If you have any questions, as always, find me on the socials at Salad Galore, and make sure to check out both the normal DWZ show, the Prospect Premonition, the Dynasty War Games, Player Profiler, all the fun shows here on the network. It has been fun thus far, and I'm very excited to get back into the swing of things now that I'm officially in the house and done with vacation for the year. Until next time, have a good. When we add up all those inches.